From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guest this week is Angie Hicks, the co-founder of online home services directory, Angie's List. We spoke about the company's humble beginnings in 1995, why the housing crisis was an opportunity in disguise, and how the interior design profession has changed over the years. If the home is your business, High Point Market is your must-see event. Experience the most amazing and expansive selection of products on the planet. Get the latest ideas from our industry's leading thinkers and enjoy near-endless opportunities to build your professional network. Visit highpointmarket.org to see what's next and mark your calendar now for High Point Market, October 19th through the 23rd. Before we begin, I'd like to remind you that tickets are now on sale for Business of Home's inaugural Future of Home Conference, taking place September 9th and 10th in New York City. So get on over to futureofhome.com to lock in your spot. There'll be plenty of star power on stage, including a few podcast guests. Together, we'll explore the forces of change sweeping the home industry and present innovative solutions for designers and brands looking to future-proof their businesses. A special shout-out to our biggest sponsors, High Point Market, Google Nest, and Benjamin Moore, who are making this important event possible. See you there. It's so funny to me that you have become, right from the start, of course, the, the face and the voice and the name of the, of the company, when, as you've so often described, you were somewhat introverted, mm-hmm. so, right? Somewhat, yeah. somewhat shy. And I mean, and for people that might not know, I mean, in the beginning, as you were, you were saying earlier, this was a pre-internet company. Right. And you were literally going door to door in the, in the very beginning. So, so Angie's List gets started in, in 1995, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so tell us the, a, a little bit of the story of how it first gets, gets started. Sure. So it, and it actually started as Columbus Neighbors. So it actually, we, we had a whole different name too. So we patterned it after a company that uh, had been around since the 70s in Indianapolis, and it was called Unified Neighbors. And we realized it wasn't in any city other than Indianapolis. And we were like, hey, this seems like an interesting, an interesting company. Let's try to build our own in Columbus. So, uh, so we followed their pattern. Their pattern was selling door to door their memberships. We, you know, we copied their business model entirely. And and later took them took them over. And we did right? buy them a year and, later. Yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> but we soon realized that the mar- the lack of marketing plan was probably our biggest challenge because door to door in 1974 and 1995 were two very different things. You know, people don't answer, didn't answer the doors in, in 1995. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I certainly yeah. wouldn't be answering. You bought the door. everything door to door in 1974. Yeah, <laughs> and so we realized that that wasn't going to work. So we had to develop a marketing plan. So, uh, so we started advertising in uh, in the local newspapers. Columbus, Ohio, has a really good string of local weekly newspapers. We had a little ad that said "Tired of Lousy Service." Uh, so was I. So I got together with my neighbors and created this service. Uh, and the phone started to ring. And it was really supposed to be, in the very beginning, neighbors helping neighbors. And that's neighbors, exactly what it was. Right? So we had a chicken and the egg problem. Whenever someone would join, I'd get their list of contractors they'd use, and then the next person would call, and hopefully I'd gotten a name for the one they needed. And if not, I'd be like, let me call you back. And I'd start calling and you'd call the some neighbors. neighbors. And I'd call some neighbors <laughs> and find out... Who I should, you know, who I should give back to them. I remember one day, you know, a woman called in and said, you know, 
I just need, it's an older woman, I need help moving a love seat from one floor to the other in my house, so I need a mover. And I was like, oh, that is a complete waste of money. You're <laughs> not hiring a mover for that. I had two, you We've know. We've got some guys we could send over. We'll, them over. We'll send them over. <laughs> because that's what a good neighbor does. Yes. <laughs> Driving like, it home. That we give them some cookies on their way out. Com- they yes. will be fine. You know, the that's same so was funny. with, uh, you know, someone that was, that joined, that mo- just moved to the city and wanted to get her daughter in ballet classes. Ballet lessons were not one of the things we had, but I knew that one of our members was a performer with the Columbus Ballet, so I called her and got suggestions for ballet. And that's oh. and it's actually the, kind of the same way Unified Neighbors work too. I mean, it was like, you know, you needed a you needed a tennis partner, call Unified Neighbors. You know, I mean, it was just like it was just the place where consumers connected. At at a, at a time where people were much more open to to that. Right. Right? Right. You you're the you're the face of the of the company right from the right from the start. Right. Right, yeah. they say Angie's. Oh, she's Angie gonna, answered the phone. Angie she, did right. everything. Yeah. So we're so we're gonna call it. We're gonna call I it. And that was the logic when we changed yes. the name. It was just like, well, because we were gonna name it Jackie's List or the List, and then Angie's List was thrown in the middle. So let's just call it Angie's List. And so I call it one of those inconsequential inconsequential decisions made at twenty two that I didn't probably really understand what that meant. Yeah. There were in, in, in life, there were many decisions like that, right? So when the marketing department came to me in tw- 2005 and said, hey, Angie, one of the biggest questions we get is whether there's a real Angie. So why don't you, why don't you be in the TV commercials? And I was like, oh, okay. Right, without even really thinking <laughs> what you, that was going to mean. Realize, like you roll it forward yes. and what happens. Well, so I'm I'm struck by the fact that so as you say, you, you were just 22 years old. You you you've told this this wonderful story of of how you sort of first met your your, your partner Bill Osterley, right? right? You went in for an internship yes. at, at his yep. firm, a venture capital firm. Not even fully not even know what venture capital was. Not not exactly. fully knowing what a venture capitalist was. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is such a great lesson in life, right? Right. I tell young kids all the time. I was like, you know, like don't don't have your life plan so set out that you miss when opportunities arise that you may not realize because yeah. sometimes it's worth taking a shot. Like, I didn't think I should start this business with Bill. I, in fact, him hauled around about it for a long time until my grandfather finally told me that you know what's. Why are you making this a big decision? You're 22. What's the difference between being 22 and unemployed and 23 and unemployed? I thought that was such a great story. From like your, nothing. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. Just try it. A year later. What's what's lose. the difference? Consider it your fifth year of college. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so in the beginning, it was it was pretty pretty intense, and you were concerned you hadn't made the right decision, yeah. right, or that for you weren't sure. for sure. I mean, because yes. because Bill sort of tells this story of I don't know a few months in, and you're like crying, crying in yeah. the diner, and you're, right. yeah, right, absolutely. And, and you know, it's like so I moved to Columbus. I knew no one there. I was working by myself. Trying to start a business, selling memberships door to door. Door to door. Like it was totally not what I was comfortable with. Yeah. I had no, you know, there was not a support system. I had Bill and his family. That was it. But you got it together. I never considered myself to have the characteristics of an entrepreneur. The ones that I would traditionally think about as an entrepreneur. It's like the big idea person. It's mm. the charismatic leader. It's the risk taker. You know, the one unsung hero of, of being an entrepreneur is perseverance. And that one, I had. You had. <laughs> so you, Like so- the refusal. I Like I am not someone that will let someone down. 
And the thought of quitting was just, no, I'm not going to do that. So where'd that come from for you? Who, I mean, I think who, in many ways, it was like it was my upbringing. I mean, I grew up in a, a middle-class family. My dad was a UPS driver. My mom was a bank teller. We, you know, we worked hard. We yeah. committed to the organizations we worked for. And you do what you say you're going to do. And I think, you know, that's, you know, those are good lessons to live by. Right. And so the, that was the value set that you had from, mm-hmm. from a young age. And yeah. so you said, you know what, I'm not going to let this beat me. Right. Even though it's... Even though it's trying. <laughs> it's, it's doing a pretty good job right now right. of beating me, right? But you, So you went back to it, and remarkably. And then, what, about, about three years in, you decided, this time I really, I do need to, to take a break. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not that you took a real break because you go off to Harvard business school which i can't imagine was a, a walk in the the park either it was but, different but it that, was different that looked better than your job right it was a it was an opportunity for me to step away i think you know we were we had four markets at that point maybe 10 employees and you know and i was just kind of i was getting burnt out and it was an opportunity that i was like yeah i think that's a i think it's a good time for me to do that i mean i i as i look back on the time i think if i not had not taken that break i probably wouldn't have stayed okay so you so you come back from from business school and did you were you sort of eager to to implement a lot of what you had had learned did you feel like oh my goodness i understand so much more now yeah, in many ways it was you know more than specific skills or trade because it was general management in many ways it helped me just gain perspective and problem solving and decision making and things like that so you know i came back into the business it was 2000 you know we were still only like five markets i think so we started market expansion i picked up marketing um and sales i ran both of them um scaled them and kind of chugged along kind of we were opening kind of you know one or two markets a year there for a few years until we got we got to about 30 markets I think it was and uh, and then I was getting ready to buy NPR and 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 with our business local marketing was the big cost of starting a market mm. it was just like get to go out and acquire the members and that was kind of the setup fee for that market so we always kind of knew that national advertising could be a great thing for us someday when we hit the scale so I was getting ready to go buy uh, NPR was we were uh, big advertisers on NPR. I had about 30 markets. Um, I went in. National Public Radio, we should say, for people that might not know NPR. Yes, I go in to buy it. Right, so you're going to buy a bunch of ads on National Public Radio. I was like, hey, here's how much it is. And he's like, gosh, I wonder what it costs to buy that nationally. So I went and found out, come back, and it was 20% less. And he said, and I bet we get more markets too. And I was like, yeah, we'll get 700 and all of a sudden, that just totally turned the business to a point where the cost to open new markets had always been the advertising cost. And if we could, if we could, if you could shift have, that to national, yes. all of a sudden we were on the market opening path. So we went from thirty to a hundred markets in about eighteen months. By that point, people were no longer asking about ballet lessons. I'm, I'm assuming right. We were right? much more so core you, to the business. I mean, you know, the business had we had home improvement, we had pet care auto repair and then i don't know in about 2008 or so we had healthcare. okay interesting because the same you know we'd get the same questions it's like hey you you know you help me find plumbers and electricians why can't you help me find a dentist or a pediatrician right and 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 has that scaled is an important so part of the business we still have we still have it right. uh you know it's it's you know we very much are much more focused on the home improvement side of the house as far as kind of a growth engine for the business but it's still there and consumers mm-hmm. can access it and still use it okay 
And and it's in part, as you were saying, you're you're just sort of a trusted service, and so right. people feel yeah. I mean, well, we're just like trusted collector, so like, hey, you. You know, we know we can trust the information for these types of things. These are other important decisions we make. So by by 2005, this is, or, or tell me? So 2005 is when we, we scaled, 2005, six was when we were scaling okay. through those markets. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then sort of along comes the housing crisis, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's a huge impact on the, yeah. on the business. It happened at a, it happened at a kind of, cyclically a bad time for the business because it happened in the fall so if you think about home improvement trends it kind of bell curves throughout the year you know it's like yeah. a, you know, no matter what i what you do what i do i probably am not going to get you to remodel your kitchen over thanksgiving <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know it's right. like i'm gonna have people over so yeah. it's like you know that's kind of the slow season so that happened in october and then we kind of head into the slow season and we're kind of like oh i wonder what we should should do and we were you know we pulled back marketing kind of going into that time period uh, but what we realized was that the ad business was getting much cheaper, right? So buying advertising was becoming much cheaper. Um, so it was actually a great time to buy advertising. And also on our ad side of the business, so companies who are highly rated can advertise with us if they have an A or B rating. One of the most common things that we would get for why they didn't want to advertise with us was they were too busy. So when so this would so be contractors economy, yeah, and this exactly. would be other kinds of companies. Yeah. So and, when the economy softens a bit, all of a sudden they're looking. Those great ones that have said they're too busy start to look for like ways to spend some more dollars to right. get some incremental business. They came to us. So it actually turned out to be a really interesting time because our cost to advertise went down. We were growing our advertising business, you know, nicely. And while consumer demand, we get this question often, consumer demand can shift. We cover a broad enough array of categories that, yes, during the housing crisis, people probably weren't putting in swimming pools and doing large kitchen remodels. <laughs> right. But for most Americans, their house is their largest investment, and they want to make sure they're taking care of that investment. So you see dollars shift into maintenance activities you know so they're still spending dollars they're just spending them on different categories so you're like i don't want to be surprised by my furnace going out in january that that's so interesting okay so a lot of your would-be advertisers wanted to do more advertising Mm -hmm. your advertising costs were coming down because there was so much advertising available at the at the time so this was a turned out to be a real opportunity for you in many ways and and at that point were you already thinking about taking the company public so you first came public in 2011, yeah. if I recall, yeah. so, right? So, you know, for us, I mean, that was never a destined outcome. Okay. You know, it was. It turned out to be more of a like we knew that scaling and growing the business takes takes investment, and yeah, you know, the the public markets would allow us to access more capital that way, and that's how we looked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't an in, but a but a way to grow. Was was that an exciting time for you take, taking the company public back in two thousand eleven? Was that people like for for many people they ask if that was like is that the moment is that like the pinnacle of the experience? I don't feel like it was I though know, for you. No, I don't. for me for me it's like it's the everyday, and in fact, you know, a lot of times for me it's the everyday watching people grow their careers and being able to mentor people inside the organization that is, and you know, and helping people. Get their kitchen remodeled well. Yeah. We should, we should point out for, for listeners that might not know, so 2017, mm-hmm. Angie's List itself gets gets bought out, right, yep. by IAC, yep. uh, and 
get sort of rolled up into a whole host of, of different sort of yeah, also so focused we in the home. back out into another public yeah, company yes. called Angie Home Services, which today has uh, multiple brands throughout the country. So we have Angie's List, Home Advisor, uh, Handy, uh, which is the house cleaning right. uh, and uh, furniture assembly uh, uh, company. And then we have a, a small... Uh, warranty company that started in Texas, a home warranty company hmm. called Fixed Repair. So all of that is designed to sort of work together seamlessly yeah, and offer this wide array when of... I, you know, when I think about where we are, so you know, kind of joked at the beginning, it's like it's been 24 years since Angie's List started. Yes. After 24 years, we are still in the beginning innings of moving the home services industry online. Still only about 10% of the transactions happen online. More often than not, you still just ask a friend, you know, see a billboard, hear a radio ad for a plumber, see a truck drive by, and that's how you hire. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's still a lot of a lot of room to evolve this industry, you know? And so if you think about how travel evolved or how retail evolved, you know, home services will evolve as well. We're just got tons of space and there's going to be multiple models that'll probably work in the end. Home services tends to be high cost of failure transactions for people back to the fact that their home's likely their largest investment. And, and for many folks kind of developing a model that works, there might be many models that work because of depending on consumer demand is, and in many ways, I think it's how much control they want to have in the process. You're like, hey, I, I need someone. I need someone here right now. I need somebody good. Yeah. Get them here. Yeah. And then there's others. There's like, I'm going to research and research and research and kind of because I'm I want to be engaged in that process. So, you know, so our view is like, let we've got a number of models that that are tackling this from different directions. And let's 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 not decide for the consumer yet, because there's so many consumers yet to move online. If the home is your business, High Point Market is your must-see event. Experience the most amazing and expansive selection of products on the planet. Get the latest ideas from our industry's leading thinkers and enjoy near-endless opportunities to build your professional network. Visit highpointmarket.org to see what's next and mark your calendar now for High Point Market, October 19th through the 23rd. And now, back to the show. I am a city kid who yeah. grew up in New York City yeah. who never lived in a house. Right. Okay? No Couple, grass for you. Exactly. No <laughs> grass for me. I had no concept of what living in a house meant or what it was right. all about. My wife finally tricked me into buying a small house yeah. for her up in up in Westchester as part of her secret plan to stop working. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> That's okay. I've rolled Hindsight's with it. Hindsight's 2020. Yes, yes. Now I realize her master plan. She really is brilliant that way. But... I would have been lost without Home Advisor slash Angie's List mm -hmm. slash online services right. to send men and women to right. my it's home. Like, how is this done? To help me with any number of projects when I first got there. Right. And I, so for me, it was an easy leap, but I, I can understand that for some people, they wouldn't feel comfortable perhaps going online, although. Right. I have to imagine that that barrier has come down a, and that a shift great deal. Will start to, you know, that shift will continue to evolve quickly you know, as millenni more millennials become homeowners. I mean, they grew up. Right. That's not in foreign a to world. them. That's Correct. natural to them. Yeah. And so they want to just use an app and they go right on. Right. And, right? And, and, it's, and it's easy. And, and 
P.S. Your apps are really easy. Right. I mean, I o- almost too easy because I mean, I <laughs> You're like I can spend money like crazy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, the sl- if I hear the slightest noise in my house, I'm yeah, usually getting my phone something. out. Going, I should get home advisor. Just have someone come right. and look just, just, at just that. Look at that. <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to confess to you that I had someone actually open the ceiling in my kitchen um, because the sound of the pipes just sort of expanding and contracting. Oh, it was making like it a sounded noise. like like dripping water. Right. To, right. to, to, to me, the city kid, of course. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I did I did pay someone to come and open up the ceiling to tell me that. Yeah. But anyway, the yeah. point is, it was they, so easy to do that. I love when the pro also just tells you, like, let me explain to you how you could do this yourself next time. Yes. And you're like, oh, obviously. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I'm that person. Right. And they could talk to me all they <laughs> want about fine. how yeah. I could, yes. And some, like our dishwasher, uh, part of our dishwasher falls off, the little spinny thing that spurs water out. And, you know, I'm just kind of haven't ever gotten around to replacing it. So I am the <laughs> dishwasher fixer in our house designated dishwasher fixer so when it falls off which is like every third time the dishwasher runs i get to reassemble the dishwasher that and and so are you capable of doing that uh, yes i am now you are now yes so, so but i had to call someone out who showed me how to do it have have you become handy as a result of spending your career in this industry no do you have a tool no, belt a angie respect. do I you not, have a okay I have a respect for I have a respect for the pros. For the professionals. I do. Is interior design a service that a lot more people are coming to you for or asking you about? Where you does know, that it's fall? An interesting, it's an interesting category in that I think it's evolved so much in the last 24 years. I think it started, if you think back 24 years ago, I would say it was something that was large projects. And it was like, hey, I'm going to have my whole house redesigned. And now... Yeah. You know, it's much it's much more attainable for lots of people, I think, you know, because it's a lot more small projects. I think it's just the evolution of of uh, of of how people shop and buy and think about things. It's like you can hire a designer now to like come in like, hey, I really want to just do some tweaks to this one room Mm. and you can get someone to help with a project like that. Whereas before it was that might have been a small job that wasn't. Um, wasn't as interesting for uh, a designer. So it's fun to watch categories evolve with time, I think. Yeah, so so that's definitely a category that sort of, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of interest and around. I think, yeah, I mean, there's always, everyone's always looking to give a fresh look, you know, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, we've made home improvement entertainment, right? You yeah. know, from television shows to magazines or whatever it is. And, and I think there's just always a constant, you know, kind of desire to freshen things up and, you know, kind of good interior design tricks can, can make a, make a huge difference, you know? You have a, a very national footprint mm-hmm. now. So do you, do you tend to partner with different communities, different different areas around, and, and do projects that sort of demonstrate some of the people that you work with? Or how do you sort of showcase and, and, and spotlight some of the people that you work yeah, with? Yeah, so, you know, we'll cover them through the content we write, you know, some from time to time, especially in the cities where we have offices, we'll do activities locally. Um, showcasing these stories of these pros is, is, is probably one of the more rewarding things. I mean, these are neat businesses, you know, these are, these are main street America businesses that are, you know, and they usually have a really awesome stories. Who's your competition in this space? Who are you sort of going head to head with? Yeah. I mean, mean, you know, you know, inside, inside the space, again, that 10% space, I mean, you know, Angie's (laughs) listen, home advisor, we're probably the, uh, you know, the biggest players in the space, the biggest competitors. I mean, but I've always said that, like, you know, let's not get too focused on one another because... 
there's somebody, the ninety yeah. percent sits over here. Yeah. You know, the ninety percent that word of mouth that you know that offline local marketing that's happening that's really you know that's really the competition that's really how we think about where the opportunity lies in the space and so how do you imagine going after that business how do you how do you imagine going from the grocery store bulletin board with mm-hmm. right with yeah. joe's repair shop or whatever it is and and right. bringing that business online how do you how do you go after that i mean it's really about taking the friction out and making making it easier and you know provide you know while still maintaining a high level of trust you know there's you know there's value in like you know like oh my mom gave me the plumber right so like i trust my mom uh you know how do you how do you also provide that trust factor for them and that's where we focused on the integrity of the reviews the quantity of the reviews that helps to supplement that i mean i, I use this like how long would it take you to find uh, 10 people who have all used the same roofer and have liked them Unless yeah. a hailstorm just went through your right. neighborhood, <laughs> right? You probably aren't going to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, and that and that's what the list can provide. We're going to give you data. We're going to give you good information, um, and we're going to make it easier. And we're going to make it easier to reach them, get a return phone call, and get the job scheduled. Uh, you know, because you know, and this has always been the case with Angels. I mean, it's it's the cloud of being an Angie's List member. It's just the Hey, I'm, I got your name from Angie's List. And, you know, it's funny as you, over the years I've watched, I mean, companies have put together special crews that mm-hmm. work for the Angie's List members. I've seen companies that have created their incentive plans around for their tax based on their performance with mm-hmm. Angie's List members. I mean, all kinds of really? things. Really? So, in, so incentivizing some yeah, of their workers they, saying, you get great reviews and we're going to... Therefore, you're like, I'm going to make promotions based on who's getting the best reviews because that's my that's my third party yeah. surveying right. of, of your of your work. That's so fascinating and, and, and brilliant. I mean, that exact strive for the, for the great reviews and right. incentivize people around that. So now that you're all part of the same company, Home Advisor mm-hmm. and Angel, are you all sharing data collectively? Are you... Or... Is it is it still somewhat siloed? So we're running, or how does so we're running them. You know, we're running them. We're running them separately. You know, there are some products that will overlap. Uh, you know, based on making sure that we can get consumers the right companies that are available at the time. So we okay. don't want to like send someone away when the sister company has availability, have plumbers available and ready. So we want to make sure we take advantage of that. But uh, but in many ways, the companies are run. You know, they're run as separate. As separate entities. As separate entities, separate mm-hmm. brands, and, separate and you brands, still yeah. still promote them. Though the services are are very similar in many cases, mm-hmm. but does the does the data behind all of those businesses sort of inform everything that you do? There's lots of opportunities just to learn about the industry. So recently, we hired a chief economist uh, that I think was going to have some really interesting findings. He's going to be able to do because he's really got a bird's eye view yes. across multiple brands in the home improvement industry to be able to talk about more macro trends, which I think will be fascinating. So uh, we just published today the the state of home spending that the Home Advisor brand did, which has got a lot of those kind of great nuggets of insight of what people are doing. For example, consumers are you know five times more likely to you know spend five times more dollars on home improvement projects and maintenance projects in the year, and they uh, in last year they spent 
considerably more than they spent in 17 for mm. their home improvements. And so what does that tell us? So what, what yeah. do we glean from that? One of the, some of the more fascinating things that I found in the report were really about kind of how different groups are thinking about spending. So, you know, millennials are, you know, at a lot of times investing in their first home. Their focus on their first home is really on ROI. They look at it as an investment. Yes. How can I find a house that I can do the things that I want to do and it's in the right neighborhood that I'm going to be able to turn this profitably, you know, in three to five years. Um, you know, whereas, you know, the baby boomers are really thinking about updating and making their houses livable for being able to, you know, age in place. You know, so each group is kind of thinking about different projects and thinking about different tasks and purpose for their for their investment. And, and have you seen, so the age in place trend, for mm-hmm. example, is a, is a trend I feel we were talking about for a long time yeah. before we started to see really evidence of people making those right. kinds of investments, right? But now I feel maybe that scale has tipped a, a little bit. Do you see that in the data that we people do. are... So, so you're, seeing, you're seeing more of that. And I think one of the, you know, a couple of the interesting things, like one, you're seeing companies that specialize in services to provide aging in place. You know, it's like, oh, like there weren't companies that did, you know, that just did, you know, access ramps for homes, but now people can make their entire business. Like, you know, it's like, you know, there was, there's childproofing companies, there's aging in place companies. They're going to come in and put all the bars in the house, put the ramps in, things like that. So you find those types of things. um, And you, uh, I think the other interesting thing is just watching the demand for the homes that people retire in and the homes that people start out in are a lot of times the same homes. There are mm. a lot of times those small starter homes. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't raise my family, I go to the bigger home, then I want to downsize to get to the smaller home. And so now there's pressure. There's pressure on those on those two segments because we've got the baby boomers, the millennials competing, the two yes, biggest the, generations competing for the same houses. For the same houses. Yeah. Which we've we've never had before right. that that phenomena occurring because right. usually they would age yes. out and yes open up those houses for the next generation but that's not happening because they're staying put longer. Well, so I'm 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 fascinated by this by this economist joining your team and, and you've got a degree in economics right right so maybe you haven't been using that skill for for a while <laughs> be a but, <laughs> <rusty>. <laughs> but 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 I mean but I, it it makes total sense that that this economist would be able to have a, an overview of of so much of what's going on right. in these in these markets particularly at a time where we're we're really trying to figure out what what levers to to pull right now. Correct with regards to where our economy is headed, it's fascinating to me with the unemployment rate being as low as it is mm-hmm. and our markets being as high as they are, yeah. that there's even a conversation around the Federal Reserve cutting rates in right. July when now there's a near certainty that they are going to yeah. cut rates. Yeah. Do you do you find that your data, so it sounds like around the housing crisis, the data that you might have had at the time and your business was much smaller mm-hmm. than I realize, it sounds like it wasn't red flagging anything no, no. particularly like, for it, you at the time. Yeah, you know, there's shifting. There's just shifting in what people do and kind of how they go about doing things. And and if they're finding that like, hey, if the if the if the housing, you know, if the if they're not moving, you know, if they're not moving as often as they want to, it doesn't mean they stopped growing their family or doing things like that. So the same yeah. reasons that they were moving, they still have to fix in the existing house. So it might just be like, hey, I'm not moving, but I still need to figure out how to get a home office in this house. Mm. So what am I going to do? So, you know, that might be that might be a remodeling project. We we talk a lot around here about this big 
conference that we're launching in September mm-hmm. called the Future of, of Home. Yeah. So we're hosting a, a two-day conference, and we're bringing a lot of people in to sort of talk about where do we see the next five, ten years. What are you seeing as, as some trends that you think are, are really going to meaningfully take hold that are going to sort of affect the, the future of how people are, are living and, and the decisions they're making? Yeah. I mean, I think we're just on the tip of being able that smart technology will start to inform kind of the home improvement world, right? Where we'll know our furnace is going to break before it mm. breaks. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can see a place where it's like, literally I get an alert. And if I think about it, you go to the Angie's list app, I can send my pro out and maybe I never have to leave, adjust my day. Right. right. Because it's all <laughs> been done for me. Right. You know, there, I think there is a there is a use of information inside the home where we can kind of understand what's going on inside our homes more than we ever have today. Because we're still just kind of waiting for that water to flow out of the ceiling to realize the roof is leaking. I mean, they're just things that we just still have to wait and see on. And like, how how can we how can we get a, how can we find those things out before they happen? Because that's where we can you know, really start to be much more efficient about maintenance and be able to spend those discretionary dollars on on the improvements that we yes. want. Yes. You know, it's like the one thing that I, no one likes, a, no one likes a home improvement surprise, uh, you know, but all too often we're surprised, right? We're all like, oh, so my water heater broke, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see what happened. Right. I really right. wanted to buy a new refrigerator, yes. but now I'm going to buy a a water heater instead, you know, yeah. and boy, am I excited about that. <laughs> but, but the, but the tipping point is, is really close to being here. It sounds so. like with the, with the so. smart home like, yeah, technology. I mean, more and more things are getting, you know, like, you know, there, there are computers inside our furnaces, whereas before there never were, you know, and right. so that's just kind of the, the, the tipping point of being able to, to access data and be able to understand what's going on with them. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of the companies that you work with, the contractors, the plumbers, they're still a very low-tech industry. Are they... It depends. It's like it's, okay. it's kind of evolving, right? So I think some of them are being pulled into a higher tech. From a product standpoint, they're pulling into a higher tech job. I mean, I think a lot of times people don't realize how much computer-oriented work there is in a furnace or Mm. in electrical work or things like that. Generally speaking, from a kind of how they operate, they tend to feel more low-tech, right? Like, I'm still calling my plumber. You know, it's like the ones that are doing online booking are a little more... Um, a little more forward thinking, but as younger people come into the industry and as consumers pull pros that way, I think more and more will be done in a digital format. In a digital format. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at ways to sort of make that easier for the, for the companies that Absolutely. you work with? Absolutely. It's like, how do you, you know, how do we think about making, you know, scheduling easy for them mm. or things like purchasing right online? We're thinking about all of those things. And again, sort of eliminating the, the friction points, right? right? We're it's kind sort of like, of, hey, I know I need my gutters cleaned. It's two hundred dollars. Can I just can I can I buy that yeah. right on site and be done? Twenty four years into this, can you can you see yourself doing this? Do you? Yeah, I, yeah? I mean, I, my my view is I'm like I I think it's a I think it's a fun industry. I like the people that and kind of the problems we're solving. And, you know, and for me, my litmus test is, am I, do I like the people I'm working with and am I learning new things? And 
if those things are true, then I, then it's a great it's a great opportunity. So you feel you're still learning a lot of new things. Absolutely. And, and, well, I, I want to thank you so much for making the time to come and see us. Thank you. I know you have to run and catch a flight, so we're going to let you go. But this has been such a pleasure. My guest has been Angie Hicks, the co-founder of Angie's List. And, and now what are you now? You're the chief customer, chief officer. customer officer. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again. <laughs> thank a, you. A pleasure. Thank you again for joining us. The show is Business of Home. And I'm Dennis Scully. If you like what you hear, please feel free to subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and most of all, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you again to our sponsor and our producers. You can find us at businessofhome.com or on Facebook or Instagram. We'll see you next week.